When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of Podaruni Mate. And on this episode, I'll be talking to Erica Eller, absolutely brilliant comedian. Check her out on YouTube. In the meantime, I was going to uh, say last week uh, about this band I was in 30 years ago and explain what's been going on there. Well, turns out uh, we had recorded an album 30 years ago. And it was never released because, stupidly, we broke up after recording it due to the uh, pressures of not having any money, uh, having um, a claim but no money. Um, probably that's what happened anyway. So well, we kind of started talking to the bass player and we were saying we should just put that out. I wanted to just put it out in Spotify and perhaps do one gig. Um then we contacted our drummer who died, actually. His his son is a drummer, and his son lives in, in Canada and is a, has drummed with lots of really good bands and uh, mentioned the whole idea to him. And he just loved the idea and just um, brought a renewed energy into the idea of bringing this album out. And uh, and we've contacted yes a record company in the UK who are interested in bringing out. So it will be two albums now because we'd do we'd start with a retrospective of three single three vinyl singles that we brought out plus B sides and a few demos, and uh, then uh, a second album which would be just a completely complete album of unreleased material, and uh, bringing it out on vinyl. And obviously it'll be on Spotify as well. So that's all going ahead. Uh, so what I've been doing recently is trying to collect material and getting these old tapes, you know, like the, these quarter-inch tapes. It was all uh, very physical back then, not as digital at all. And uh, so I found one tape and got it uh, transferred into you know, WAV or whatever. Uh, oh, it has to be baked before they transfer it. Baked. These special ovens, because moisture apparently gets into these tapes and it can ruin them. So they put these uh, tape in an oven for a while. A special oven, not a normal oven. And uh, we almost went in the same oven with uh, Ellen, an Eleanor McAvoy tape. But um, we didn't. We were on our own. Uh, and so we'll get the, get the songs off that tape, then um, some of it has to come directly off final, and some one or two songs have to come off old cassette tapes. 
because that's all we have and uh, that would be a first step so that's what's going on it's quite a good story we actually had a, a fan base in Valencia in Spain that we didn't know about until the internet came about and started getting messages from Spain people asking me for the vinyls which I don't have I have one or of two of the singles and one of the things I don't have at all and they're going for 126 or what about 125 euros up to 200 euros and more online I wish I had a big box of them anyway that's that thing and uh, news on my physical uh, problems my foot is getting better but it's not fully sorted I'm doing uh the little runs of one about one kilometre, literally, just to get it kind of back and slowly get back into it. And my left hip now is giving me problems. I'm going to have to do the pigeon pose. Have you ever done the pigeon pose? You bend one leg under one, under you kind of at right angles, and then uh, it's very hard to explain. I was looking up stuff about. Um, uh, yoga and emotions. You know, they always, in yoga, they go, uh, oh yeah, your hip. So what, what's, if you've got a hip problem, what, what emotions? And it goes, oh, fear, anxiety, sadness. Then I said, well, well what about the foot? Oh, uh, if there's something, if you've got plantar fasciitis, you're probably the shock absorber of your family. And I think you're concerned about commitment. And then, of course, being me, I thought, what about the bum? If you've got a problem with the bum, what emotions is that? And I found out an itchy bum means you've got regret about the past or guilt. So, uh, there you go. Uh, so just sort out that guilt and regret and you won't have an itchy bum anymore. Um so, uh, I've been jumping in the sea of recent, um, Lee, and, um, I, I've done it three times now. And you know who got me into it? Ellen O'Reilly, who I interviewed, uh, on episode 116 of Potter if you listen to that, it's a great, great, great interview. And uh, she went through quite a rough time when her father died and she had a cancer scare and and uh, her boyfriend left her and um, other things as well. And uh, anyway, at some point when she, when the whole feckin' pandemic came as well, which was after I did that interview with her, she lost all her work because she's a musician and uh, she had to move back to Ireland she was living in London feeling down and uh, somebody said well come out here to the sea and jump in and uh, she's been in it for a while she got me to do it now and it's amazing it's I suppose what it is is it's just so shocking it's cold as feck and um and you and always uh driving out there because I've drive about half an hour out towards this pier and go what am I doing why am I doing that and I stand and stop the car and I go oh come on do I have to do this and then uh, and then and then again just get in and it's like you, you can't not 
You can't think of anything else. All your worries are gone. You're in freezing cold water. And actually, the last two times, I've stayed in for a good bit and kind of gone, this is cool. I mean, the first time I was like, no, this is too much. And I got out and I got back in again then. But anyway, it's it's a thing to do, uh, getting in. Wim Hof, obviously, is the guy everyone's talking about at the moment and the uh, ice bath and all this kind of malarkey. Um, but it is something to do. Uh, lots of people are doing it. Like, we go out to this pier, it's in the middle of nowhere, and there's plenty of people there. Always, like, these old guys love it. Seem to love it. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's what I'm doing. And, uh, perhaps that's one way of, another way of getting rid of an itchy bum as well. If you, I don't have an itchy bum, by the way, I'm just saying. If you have an itchy bum, get rid of those regrets from the past. Or jump in the sea. Or just scratch your bum. Uh, so, as you know, Potterooney is part of the Head Stuff Network. And there are many other great podcasts on the network. And here's one of them. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically a group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria. And we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Pints of Mop podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headscape Network. And now, Erica Eller. I'm actually in my car because I'm on my way to do a gig. My first gig in about five months tonight oh wow. that'll be that'll be fun yeah i'm a little bit nervous because i can't rem- i don't know if i can remember my set it's kind of odd so uh, where are you uh i'm in uh my parents house in toronto oh you're in toronto yeah i was i, I was in london and then i uh i just got out like early march or mid-march when trudeau said that people abroad should come back my mom got really nervous and bought me a ticket Ah, uh, okay you're right yeah so, have you been doing any any gigs at all, or even online gigs in the meantime? I've been doing a couple online gigs, and then my friend um, has been putting up a show in her on her patio, and I've been doing that one the most. Oh, um, but clubs are starting to open up now. Oh, are they in yeah. in, in Toronto? Okay, because this one I'm doing now is outdoors as well, so. Nothing is allowed to open so far in Ireland, indoors, that is. Mm. So uh, you started off your comedy career in, in Toronto, yeah? I did, yeah. And uh, what were you doing before that? Uh, no- nothing, really, just uh, high school, I guess. And then I, uh, I that's what I took in uh, school, like in post-secondary. So oh. that's what I studied to, to do. Um, so I didn't really have any anything in between i mean i worked a bunch of like summer jobs and stuff but yeah 
Oh, so you took a course uh, in stand-up or comedy in general? Comedy in, in general, comedy uh, writing and performance. So I did a two-year program in Toronto, and then they have a a bridging program that I can that I ended up doing in Manchester, where uh, the program in Toronto you only get like a diploma, but if you do the other year, you get a degree. So that's how I ended up in the UK in the first place. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So, and do you think that it's it's helpful doing a course? Uh, it, I mean, it can be, but I mean, I think people do it for a lot of different reasons. It was helpful for me. A lot of people do it to just go to school because their parents wanted them to go to school, and they're they're like, okay, I'll just do this because it seems. I mean, it is easy. Like it, they, they basically, you're not going to fail as long as you show up to class, but. I mean, a lot of people will just say you can you can learn it on your own, which is which I do think is true. But I think it's a bit faster if you don't know anything. If you have some a few people guiding you, yeah, I certainly think like maybe stand up is something you have to learn by by doing stage time. But but other forms of comedy, writing and shooting sketches and editing, that you can certainly learn a lot from doing a course, right? Mm-hmm. Did you do any improv as part yeah, of the course? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why I ended up actually going into the course because that's what I, uh, was most interested in. And then I ended up hating <laughs> improv and loving, uh, stand up. So I moved oh, over so to yeah. that. What did you not like about improv? Uh, I just, I ended up hating the reason why I liked it, which was I, you had like somebody else that you could bounce off of. And then when I started doing stand up, that was what scared me, I guess, at first too, was like not that you were alone. But then I was like, Oh, I'm alone, but then everything I can put on myself, like if I got a laugh, that's because of me. If I didn't get a laugh, that's also because of me. So I kind of ended up liking that. And then I also hated our improv teachers. So they kind of made me hate it as well. Oh uh, yeah, that will put you off. And there's, yeah. there's a, there's a, I know, I think people have different attitudes to improv. It, some people just want to stick to the rules of improv, which yeah. is the rules is you accept everything and don't block. Sometimes blocking is funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, they always say that you're supposed to say yes and, but you can actually say no, but a lot of times you're still adding something. So Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, you'll get, you'll get pulled up for doing stuff like that. Yeah. By, by certain people. I, I, I reckon, yeah, it's very important who you're doing improv with because if they're idiots, there's nothing you can do. You're going to look like an idiot as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then when did you, did you do your first stand-up gig during while you were doing that course? I did, yeah, because they, I mean, they force you to do it whether you like it or not. So they have a partnership with uh, Yuck Yucks, which is like a club here. And yeah. every Tuesday we have like a show that we're, we sign up and we can do. You can sign up pretty much as every week if you wanted to, but it's like you get stage time in a proper club, and that's that was like my first time going out there. That's cool. And what, how, do, can you remember how it felt like first, very first comedy stand up week? Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> I uh, I did not um, I did not enjoy. I don't know how I ended up con- continuing because it was not fun. And I remember someone like a classmate coming up to me saying like, Oh, like in the year above saying, Oh, that was really good. And I was like, I think you're like insane. Cause that was not, I don't think we saw the same thing. I really, I really bombed the first time. It was more like a Ted talk. Like the first time I went up, I was talking about uh, volunteerism. So I guess it was, you know, I, it became a weird two minute lecture. Yeah. It, it was, it was whatever. <laughs> it's interesting though that you knew it didn't go well. I, I find that a, a criticism I'd have of some younger acts is that they don't 
seem to notice when they're bombing. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that a lot. Or it's like <laughs> they're people patting themselves on the back, like at an open mic, and I was like, oh, okay, did we just see the same same thing? <laughs> Yeah. And so they're not going to even change the material for the next gig. So just going, no, oh, there's like people. There's like a comic I know who's been going for five years, who's been doing the same set, just bombing, and it just makes me. It honestly, it's it's depressing. But then it's also like I don't know what to do with you. Oh man, it's unbelievable. When I started out, I was running a I was running a show, uh, like just just to get stage time. I put on my own show so I could go on, um, but. Um, the acts that would always ring me to get booked were always those acts who were bombing every time. And then the next day they'd call me and go, so when are you going to book me again? They're just oblivious. Yeah. Very strange. Unfortunately, they're the people who have the most confidence. And then a lot of times the people who are actually good are a bit, you know, shy to ask for stage time. Exactly. Yeah. Or they're really hard to uh, contact. Or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did did it take you a while, like, to find find your voice, as they say, find the style that you that you felt comfortable with on stage? Yeah, I think so. Like, I always did like very short jokes because that's what I was used to writing. But I didn't find that like I, how how my way of going about it. And I don't think I found that until like few months before I did move over. I started doing a bit more like. Uh, you know, for lack of a better word, edgy or taboo subjects, things that nobody really wanted to talk about or could be a bit considered a bit more uncomfortable. So Mm. I started, I remember like the last show I did where I got a lot of, like they were enjoying, but I did, it was like, I remember hearing like, ooze, like, you know, know that in the crowd. And I ended up enjoying that. So I, after that, I continued to chase that a lot. Yeah. Gee, I love that. I love what you're doing because it's, uh, you're so like, I don't know, it's, it's deadpan, but it's, uh, and you do tackle really dark subjects, but you, but they're really well-crafted jokes. So it's, it's brilliant. Nice. <laughs> particularly love the one you do about have a fourth semester, uh, abortion. Tri- abortion. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I won't, uh, yeah, but it's brilliant. If anyone wants to look at it, it's on, it's on YouTube. So, but, uh, did, would you have to have a joke totally written before you bring it on stage? Uh, a lot of times I, I do, but I have like gone up with just premises and tried to work them out. Although I don't, I've done that a few times, but I find that I, it doesn't work as well for, for me a lot of times because I find that if I want to, uh, get a good word economy like with a joke that I have to be writing it because if I'm talking I will just blabber on the subject for ages and I, I find that it loses a lot of uh you know the meaning and or the like the punch of it so like like I reckon your style is very different to mine your style is yeah you you really just write craft the joke guess you've got to have that written before you go on like I would probably go on and start have a few bullet points if when I'm first trying out a bit of material Mm-hmm. But I guess you've got to have it really written, yeah. For the most, yeah, for the most part, yeah. And so, um, that uh, when you moved over to Manchester, was was that a big difference in the in the comedy scene? A little bit. I I, <laughs> I would say that uh, the comics there or just all over the UK are a bit spoiled, and I don't mean <laughs> I don't I don't mean to like be I don't mean that as a rude thing. I think that's just how their scene is. Like if you compare it to like Toronto, where there's mics. You can get up three times a night, really, but they're not going to be really great. But your people are just like really want to get the stage time. Uh, but I remember one of my first nights in Manchester, there was a comic and there was an open mic, you know, sign up on the night. Uh, he was going, it was like the room was full, but he was going around and asking everyone like, oh, are you a comic? And then he was like, when he found out it was a room full of comics, he was really pissed off. 
But I, I was so thrilled to see that be listening because a lot of times it's like two dudes in a basement and they're, they couldn't give a fuck about what you have to say. So it was, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, something's different here. And I mean, that does, it does show that you guys have a lot better shows a lot of times, like outside of the open mic scene, like people are really hungry for it and do care to see comedy. Right. More so than in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I'd say that like, I'd say that unless a big name is coming through, people really uh, don't care. Like people come around and to see shows, but I think you have to a lot of times win the audience over in, yeah. in a way. Not that that doesn't happen over there too, but I, I find that like, I don't know, there's Toronto's just full of like hipster <laughs> idiots. So I, you have to deal with that a lot. <laughs> Okay, right. Uh, and what about that? Have you gigged elsewhere in Canada? Uh, Van- Vancouver, I've, a bit. Um, I only did like two shows there, but I, it was, it was nice. Yeah. I, I don't really know, but every, every comic who I spoke to there was like, Oh, is it true what they say that it's better in Toronto? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> is it? <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, a lot of great comedies come out of Canada. Uh, I would have thought there would be a great scene there. I don't know much about it. Uh, I mean, our, I'll, this might paint a picture. It's like uh, openers in the UK get paid more than headliners in, in Canada. Like the ceiling's really low. And like a lot of like people who have been doing it for years who have paid their dues, who have have done TV spots are still struggling to make rent. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of times if you want to, like there, I will say like, yeah, Canada has produced like a lot of like really talented people, but a lot of times those people have left Canada to get, you know, recognition. They've either gone to the UK or to the States and that's yeah. how they became now. A bit like the Australia of the Northern Hemisphere. Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, what about uh, mi- mi- your material? Would it be more shocking to an audience in in uh, Canada than in the UK? You know, uh, more ooze. <laughs> I find I find that I have to explain myself more in in when I'm back home here, like because yeah, because I feel like people usually know that it's a persona in the UK, and I find that like I have to try to like be like no, <laughs> like you're getting me wrong, <laughs> or like I have to over explain something, um, but. Yeah, I think it's it's not too far off from each other in terms of like the amount of or pullback on on certain things. Right. Yeah. Okay. But would you feel now that that if when the pandemic is over that the UK would be your comedy home? Oh yeah, like I'm definitely uh, planning to go back once I feel it a bit more safe about going back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot a lot of my friends have started to move back from like their parents house to to london and you know other cities so um, it seems like it's a bit better yeah 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 oh yeah it's maybe getting better now but and and uh, did were you planning to do edinburgh this year i was yeah and what were you doing were you doing your own show or uh, no i was gonna do well last year i did a a group show with a bunch of girls from back home and that went really well but then i was also gonna do like a split uh half an half an hour each uh with a, a friend so I was kind of like most looking forward to that because the year after I was wanting to kind of do my first hour. I don't feel like I can do that without at least tackling like a half hour first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine so. Yeah. And and do you feel like like so if you were to do an hour, would you have to have a theme or 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 just your best hour? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I I thought about it. I think I would probably want to kind of have like a a theme maybe towards the end that it would kind of 
pull a lot of like all all of my points together i mean i, I guess i would hope but <laughs> yeah. it's funny like I, i've seen somebody um well, there was one comment on one of your live youtube clips and oh god what is it you you, you can I, I shouldn't really say this but you compare your mother's vagina sorry to uh oxford is it yeah i think i know i normally say cambridge but whenever oh, cambridge. i'm in cambridge i say oxford so yeah fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh in, in that uh, sorry can you explain the joke <laughs> yeah uh i say that like uh uh i think they should have like nicknamed my mom's uh a vagina like uh Cambridge, like Cambridge Uni, because, uh, just based on the amount of white men that have been accepted in there. It was a brilliant joke. And yeah, in the comment section, someone is arguing about the fact that there aren't that many white men in Cambridge. Have you seen that comment? It's, yeah, it's, I, ha- I have seen that. Just kind of totally missing the point, you know. Yeah, just like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You can't expect, I guess, a lot. You can't expect a lot of uh, intelligence from like a YouTube comment. Someone who's gonna put something that I don't know made him clearly upset because I've seen that he's like been replying to everyone being like shut up or more or less in their way, you know, saying like you're an idiot. Yeah, 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 but it's one of those YouTube things where it's completely gone off on a tangent where people are arguing about yeah uh, (laughs) white privilege, you know, and (laughs) that. That really wasn't the point of the joke, you know. Um, do you do you get any uh, kind of criticism in the in the in the sense that you 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 do talk about race a little bit? Do you ever get any reaction from that? Uh, not too much, mostly because it's like I feel like I think people are aware enough that it's like, oh, if they it's not their place to police that. Well, because like, it's like a lot of times you you are uh, gigging to a bunch of like you know, middle-class white people. And it's not going to look good for them if they're going to say, you can't say this about your own, you know, race, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've not really had anything like that. Although I'm sure, you know, maybe someone has had a problem. There's always going to be someone who it may not say right. But no one's ever said anything about that particularly so so do you think you you would like to do uh, other forms of comedy as as you, you've obviously studied writing and like, would you have uh, shot sketches and that kind of thing when you went to college uh yeah uh we did we did like a lot of that we did like uh we uh, alongside with like the club that we had like uh to do stand-up we also had like a uh a one day a week where we could put up sketch so that they we were able to do both um and so we i did take advantage of doing that um and i've been writing like a lot more sketch during like lockdown just submitting to like different uh shows and stuff and uh if they don't take it i'll just do it film it myself i think um yeah absolutely certainly during lockdown a lot of people are putting stuff up on on uh, social media have you done any of that as well uh, I've done, I've filmed one thing and then I've not put it up, uh, just cause I'm, it was originally for like an online show. So I need to know if they're okay with me yeah. putting it on my own thing, which they, they kind of should be. That's It's my material. Um, uh, but it was just like, basically I asked a bunch of people to send in their uh, photos and then I, I just roasted them, but it, there is like weird act out scenes in it but i have been trying to do more online content i guess because what else, i mean what else is there to do right now yeah exactly yeah and what would you edit it yourself on on um iMovie or something yeah i'm iMovie uh i think what i used for that one 
Premiere Pro is like another really good one. But oh yeah, right, 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 right. I haven't used that. But um, and and what about? Uh, would you like to act? Yeah, I <laughs> I I used to. I was like in like a. I, I used to do like commercials here and there, and then I was in a uh, drunk driving PSA that was, and I was the uh, like my character was <laughs> this girl who gets off with some guy at the uh, at the house party, and then she this guy <laughs> this guy like drives us all home and ends up killing my best friend. So I, I mean, yeah, I I used to I used to do it, and then I I stopped, but that was my one and only <laughs> role. <laughs> Do you have to look really sad? Were you at the funeral in the ad? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I did. I had to cry in the thing we had because like we were they had so many like corny. The way they shot it was so corny. I guess it would have to be based on you know what it's about. Um, but like there was like a fire in the back where the car was, and then we're all each friend would step forward and cry about what we should have done, and they're like, oh yeah. But you don't know how many lives you might have saved. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> My melodrama might have taught some kid not to drink and drive, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you think it'll take you, because of the style of comedy you do, that it will, it'll be a tough job trying to bring it out to an hour? Do you know? Or do you... Yeah, no, that's definitely like an anxiety I have because it, right when it's so dense, it takes, it does take me a while to, uh, fill, like it's taken me quite a while to fill 20, um, mm-hmm. or like even like getting or stuff that I just like that I, or I've grown out of now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do. It's definitely an anxiety that I have like, Oh, will I be able to get to, uh, an hour or how, how will I go about yeah. doing that without not only like, because it's so, because that style is short, um, I would worry that people would get a bit tiresome towards the end. Cause that's like a criticism I've seen like a lot of times with like people who write short jokes, uh, that it gets like, or someone wrote like that you kind of get the gag towards the, you get oh, tired of it. Oh, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I guess they, well, the, the, mm, people are guessing ahead of you maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, I don't know who, who I heard saying this, someone who does uh, short jokes, that, that uh, you've got to do a piece that breaks all that up. I don't know whether it's a story or... I've heard I've heard that as well. That's saying yeah. what you don't tell us, you tell a story when they get tired, that's how you bring them back if you're doing short jokes. Yeah, because actually people, people get tired of laughing. They need a mm-hmm. rest. Uh, where they can just listen for a while. Mm-hmm. But that's so hard to do when you're a comedian. You're going, this is shit. <laughs> yeah, listening to the silence or like having to wait, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and when you were, when you were growing up, what was, were there any comedians that you were influenced by before you even started doing comedy? Uh, I think the only comic I really watched before I started doing it was, Dave Chappelle because that's who like I watched his sketch show and I would watch his stand up on like YouTube and stuff but I and I definitely say that he he was like an influence on me right yeah and what about female comics uh Ali Ali Wong definitely was someone who um put like an influence on me um 
Aisha Brown, she's Canadian, but yeah, she's someone who I, I considered like a real influence, just like uh, someone to look up to and inspire me. But yeah, yeah, that's true. And would you say that the scene is getting um, more, there are more female acts now and more really good female acts? It seems to be. I think so. I mean, um, that's, I mean, that's one difference I, I'd say that I've noticed between the UK and, and Canada with booking is that usually there's, there's at least like a, a couple female acts on the lineup, but I, I've noticed that some of them, I was like, Oh, a lot of times I've, it's just me, which is like, it's better than, than nothing. Right. But like, yeah. um, yeah, I think like there's a lot of, uh, good, female acts out there. I think sometimes though, I've definitely been at shows where they've definitely wanted to just look good and they've put on like an a female open spot who is really not there yet just to just to save their ass to have someone. And I think that that's not like and I I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but I don't think that's the way to go about it because if someone's uninformed that like they're going to it's going to like prove their stupid yes. opinion that yeah. females aren't funny because they've seen someone who's not there yet. And like that, that really pisses me off because I've seen it so much, especially in like the North, because there aren't that, especially in like Manchester specifically, there are a lot of really good female comics, but they're already past the like middle, you know, that spot. And it's like, they're all like headliners now or they all, they all left. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of times I've been sitting at shows and I'm just like, Oh, this is not, <laughs> I don't like the way this is going. Yeah, right. And um, there's a recent article in The Guardian uh, uh, saying that there was a lot of uh, misogyny or whatever in the comedy live scene. I mean, is that something that you, you've you experienced? Uh, I guess, yes, I have. Like, to, to an ex- extent, like, I remember one, like, I remember a lot of times, just like us, not, not, anything too extreme like I've just offhanded uh like comments something that they wouldn't maybe say to like uh like a male colleague mm-hmm. um but like I've like I've never really had that like I've heard some horror stories and and I do believe that that happens it's not like I've been fortunate enough that it hasn't happened to me I think a lot of times I just go do my thing and leave and that's probably because of <laughs> because I've heard so many you know horrible things happen to other people. I don't necessarily always socialize if I don't you know know oh, them. Right, really. So like just comments or or um, groping is that kind uh, of thing? Yeah, grope, grope, uh, groping has ha- uh, groping's happened to me, kind of. Like I remember, really? yeah. So like a, it wasn't like another comic hit me uh, on on like my ass, and I like. I handled it there, then and there. I, I like, was like, just don't, I just yelled at him, so don't fucking touch people. You don't do that. Right. And someone, like a good friend of mine was in the car share with him. And he said, <laughs> it was like, that was the most awkward car ride I had to take because it was like, I didn't want to be in the car with that person. I didn't, and I felt bad, but he was also like, I'm not going <laughs> to, he was such a cheapskate. He was like, I'm not going to buy a new ticket to get home. It's <laughs> like, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it, it does happen. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not, it's, it is a problem. I want to say that people are being held accountable now, which I mean, they could be held more accountable, but like, cause 
they, they, I still see people working and still have stage time who aren't, who have been called out or whatnot, but. Right. Okay. That's kind of, it's pretty shit actually. Yeah. Hopefully things are changing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you want to say, you'd like to say that they are. And I think that they're, you know, people talking about it and like it's moving in the right direction now that we're having a conversation about it. Like everyone's trying to be a bit more aware about it. Yeah. I, I hopefully think it is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, it's shit. I, yeah. I, you know, it's pretty shit. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It, it must be even be, I just think it must be even shit to be the only female on a bill because backstage things might get a bit laddie, even the people talking about football or something like that. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I can definitely see that. I remember someone was like, Oh, you're so quiet. And I was like, that's because I don't like, even like the football like example, it's because I don't know what you're talking about. It's not something that I even know. Uh, But I mean, there might be, I mean, I'm not, I'm that's just because I'm not a football fan, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of small, like it would just be nice to, you know, see somebody also then it's not it's less pressure on me right to feel that like same uh like oh women this you have to really kill it or else they're gonna think that your entire gender is not funny all oh, <laughs> so, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you feel that pressure of all women in comedy if you're the only woman on the bill i guess yeah the, the amount of times i've gotten like the the compliment I get the most which is also which is so backhanded is like normally I don't find women funny but you were really good that's something I get a lot serious really yeah just just say you enjoy <laughs> like you don't yeah. need to have all that preamble it would have been fine yeah yeah and I mean being a, a comedy is in a way it's kind of a lonely a lonely enough life in a way because you're traveling on your own to gigs and driving home on your own, maybe you're sharing cars or whatever, but sometimes it can be. So it's it, it's bad enough anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. All the other shit piled on top. But uh, there you go. Um, but listen, thanks for uh, coming on uh, uh, and uh, accepting my uh, invitation to come on the show. It's been really nice chatting to you. And I really, I, I just came across your stuff online and absolutely love your stuff. Just amazing. Thanks. Up. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been great chatting to you, Erica, and uh, enjoy the rest of, of uh, your day. You too, good luck at the gig. Bye. Oh, thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Uh, brilliant, Erica Eller. Just check her out on YouTube. Her, her stuff is so. Great. I love it. And I just found her online and contacted her and thankfully she got back to me. Now, next podcast, I'll be talking to a comedian based in London called Mary O'Connell. And that's well worth listening to. And go back and listen to Alan O'Reilly's one as well. And while I'm talking to you about ones to go back and listen to, go back and listen to Willie Willa White. That is an amazing one. And Dave McSavage, perhaps. There's lots of great ones. Uh, going back, 126 of them, including this one. In the meantime, enjoy your life. Have a good time. Be good. Be happy. And jump.
in the sea. Bye bye. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.